So, Bill, how's everything going? Everything's good, Sensei. How are you today? I'm doing okay. We had a pretty big class. How many do we have for class today? 18. 18. 18 on a Sunday. So, in the middle, the pandemic still is going on. We have California and LA regulations masked up, vaccine cards. Masked up, vaccine cards. And we've got 18 people on a Sunday, which is pretty close to what is maybe our normal high. Yeah, that's, 18 is a very good number. Yeah, it is. Maybe not for other schools, but for 18, yeah, this is number. a very good number. Especially on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's right. We are one week from Thanksgiving. Yeah. Is everyone in town for Thanksgiving? I mean, we are live in town. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, we're here for Thanksgiving. We're not going away. Mother-in-law's right down the street. So not we're going here. We yeah. l- luckily don't have to travel. Some people are like, Andrew has to go to Seattle. Mm. Yeah, I think traveling for Thanksgiving this year is going to be rough. Yeah, no thank you. Mm-mm. No. Don't way. want it. <laughs> so for today, I think we have, a, again, this is our third or fourth week with a listener Something question. Like that. We've had a lot of listener questions. Yep. That's and good. So today's question, it comes from Ayudi, and she wanted to know, how do you reconcile the aggressiveness of eating me with the philosophy of peace in Aikido? Yeah. Well, I, I think... Not just Riminage, but any art, especially in Aikido, can be dialed up and dialed down. And is that the beauty of Aikido? The fact that you can dial it up and dial it down? Or is it, we're talking more specifically about the aggressiveness? Well, I know with Ayudi, yeah. that she and I talked about this a little bit. She, she was literally talking about trying to see if we could give her some practical advice on the psychology of the technique. Because when, when we were we were practicing, we were doing uh, Tenkan and Riminage, and she was saying that for her, that last part where you come up and you cross through the person, that she was just literally finding that her, she called it somatic. She said her body didn't want to go through the other person's space. Philosophy. Yeah, well, she was asking about psycho- practical well, psychological yeah. advice <clears throat> about... Um, being able to do a Rimi while still holding this art of peace philosophy. Well, that's where you have to kind of go back to the beginning, right? Back to the beginnings of Aikido. Aikido is based on swordsmanship. So if you look at things like Yagyu Shinkage, like <clears throat> if you look at basic Itoryu uh, swordsmanship, the feet are both facing forward. Right. The genius of Yagyu Shinkage is that the back foot turned inward allowing you for lateral and parrying moves. And then the genius of Osensi is supposedly that he turns out the, the, the front foot. They call it, the, some people call it the 60-60 stance. But I get what they were saying is that swordsmanship, it's designed to only move forward and cut. You know, like some people believe that parrying is, is cowardice, right? <clears throat> so this was the idea that only, you should be only moving forward. And so you do this me. So if you look at the different um, styles of Aikido, Yoshinkan, Tomiki, and all that stuff, you'd see different levels of Irimi. Right. So if you look at Yoshinkan, which is pre-war Aikido, uh, Shiota Sensei has a really strong Irimi. And you know, like, and that's funny because if you look at that with Osensei, you don't see his Irimi as much in the videos, but he, he has a very strong Irimi as well. So when he, he defeated that Kendo practitioner, he used Irimi. He used eating me in a fan, bam, hit the guy on the head, defeated him. But that was, he used eating me. Right. So the, the idea about eating me is that technically speaking, some schools do not teach eating me. It's implied. 
Interesting. It's because that you had, or when you came to Aikido in the old days, you would already have studied a different martial art or swordsmanship. So you would already know how to move forward. Hmm. And so he, they just taught Tenkan, Ten Shin, you know, and then a little bit of Me. But the thing is, is that like Me is this thing that it's supposed to be the gauge of your own, of your personal level. So if the person faces off with you and you can me into their attack without fear and all those different things, right. you will have arrived. But if you don't, if you move forward and then you're afraid or, you know, it really messes up you psych- psychologically, then that shows your level. So that's why, the, the, that's that's what eating me is supposed to be. But so the technique that you're talking about, like eating me nage from like, like, you know, Yakuhamni or something like that, that's a little bit different because there's this whole idea about unearthing your opponent. So you move in and you always try to create um, a cross with their hips. Right. So you attack, in the old days, you attacked your their hips with your hips. In Shihonage, they used to use this like bumping method to bump their center so that they can move under. Hmm. And in the old days, you couldn't just throw somebody kokinage, uh, irimi-nage over the top. It wouldn't work. In the old days, you had to give them a little bit of elbow music, <laughs> maybe even a little bit of you know ter- sternum hit, and then you throw them because they're already they're, the balance is already broken. Right. Right. And so that's this idea of like why eating me still exists. You have to have eating me because you have to. Without eating me, Aikido becomes this completely passive art. You know, I'm grab my wrist. Oh, the other way. No, you got to grab my wrist. Right. <laughs> But with eating me, you can initiate contact, you can initiate the attack, you can do all these things. So it, on a certain level, eating me is the great balancer of Aikido because a lot of the Aikido techniques become defensive or way reactionary, but eating me is um, not is offensive and it's um <clears throat> I don't know what you call it, you know, you move forward on the person. So if you're if you're an early student or a young student or even just any student, but let's say you're earlier and you're training your first few years of training and the the entering feels very um, difficult for you. Maybe you're saying some, for some people it's fear. For other people, maybe um, as, as Ayudi is saying that she feels like this somatic awareness that it's hard to get into that space. Um is is the best way to uh, handle that to just consistent training and and basically just trying to do it over and over and over again until you don't feel it feel that way anymore? Well, it's it, it, yeah, over and over and over again because again, it's a gauge of your where you are psychologically. So if you're afraid, if you get angry, if you get frustrated, whatever it is, you go, oh, that's what's that's what, that's what the eating me brings out on you because you're moving into your partner's space. You're moving into their attack. You're moving into their space. And when you move into their space, that causes you to feel all these things. So let's say you move in and you're afraid of this person. So you just don't like it. Right. Well, then why am I afraid of this person? Or let's say you move in and you just try to kill this person. Why am I trying to kill this person? Right. So any of the feelings that it brings up, you should try to examine. And so when you think about this idea of eating me and this idea of the art of peace, they don't really coincide so much. Right. But they they don't coincide because eating me is about attacking right? And the art of peace is not about attacking or something like that, or so people think. But the thing is that it's it's how you move in. It's the state of mind as you move in. Can you move in when that person strikes at you and eating me that person with nothing, no emotion? See, I think part of what, what I took away from what Ayudi was saying is 
is the is the the paradox of all um I don't want to call it righteous violence, but all violence. Like if if you take if some people, I'm not I'm not naming names, but some people might look at the the philosophy of Aikido and say that you could you can only be counterattack or counter response. You can never initiate. It's got to be essentially pacifistic. And I I mean I wonder whether just extrapolating from what she's saying is how how do you um put all the um, sort of devastating attacks and techniques that are in the Aikido um, repertoire and combine that with this idea that um, you're not supposed to hurt your attacker. In fact, you shouldn't even be having this relationship with the attacker. Um, with, let's say, um, scenarios where violence may be the only, may be the only uh, way to preserve yourself. Violence isn't isn't always the only way. I mean, it may seem like it, right? But subduing that person, even unless they're like on PCP or something, do people still take PCP? Is that, that's, a dr- that's a drug of the 70s. Right? I think it's ayahuasca now. <laughs> yeah, so people don't, you know, like, but if you took PCP and then you were, you could break their arm and they wouldn't feel it, you know, but generally you should be able to incapacitate them in some way. But the idea is not, it's not that you can't, um, rough someone up with Aikido. You can, but that's not the point. Hmm. The point is to kind of figure out for yourself how you can maintain this calmness. So you probably both have heard of this idea of like Katsujinken, Satsujinken, you know, the sword that takes life, the sword that preserves right. life. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. So if you read D.T. Suzuki's um, d- interpretation of that, it's that the sword kills all on its own. It might be in your hand, but it's not you that kills them it's the sword that kills them because so you got, because you're 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 not you're, you don't have any judgment in your heart right. or any no, hate in your no, heart no judgment no hate so many different ways you could look at it you could look at it from a impermanent standpoint you could look at it from a, a lack of emotion standpoint you could look at it from the this idea of being detached from it but it's that the sword is an inanimate object right the sword comes up the sword comes down it kills right when that happens but then you are not holding on to that that killing, right? The person attacked you and you just parried and cut them down. But you're not thinking about it afterwards. Oh, this thing, you know, why, do, why should I do these things? You know, and then largely, sometimes people on a different level think about okay, O-sensei's um, philosophy of nonviolence right. as not being true. Because some of it has been interpreted by other authors to become the art of peace. When Osensei, you know, like sometimes I see these quotes on the internet, Osensei said, da 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 da, Osensei, and I'm like, I don't remember reading that anywhere. anywhere. And then it becomes a soundbite. Like, you know, when I do any writing, I always look up the quote first to make sure it's correct. I, I you know, I go, I want to use this quote. I'll look it up on the internet. And then if you go to like wiki quotes, it'll tell you where the it came from. And then I'll go to our own library and go, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. that's right. Because I don't want to accidentally misquote O-sensei. And so largely, they, we're all talking about this thing, the art of peace, the art of peace, the art of peace. Well, you know, you can't be, you know, you can't start some stuff with people and, 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 you know, do the art of peace at the same time. You can, right? The art of peace is this thing this inside of you that when you attack me, I downed you. But I downed you in a way which I, it didn't disturb me. And then... I may or may not have killed you. Right. 
right? But then we think, oh no, it's just this art of peace where you must, you're like, oh, I practice the art of peace. Don't hit me. No, but like, it's the, the peace is within you, right? Is that what some you're of saying? that is? Yeah, the, largely it's all you, right? It's not that the action is peaceful. It's that no matter what happens out in the outside world, I'm at peace with myself. I'm at peace myself because this person is is saying things to you, attacking you, being mean to you. Well, why do you upset about that? Well, you know that person says you're 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 a tall banana. You're a tall banana, but I'm not even a banana. Why are you getting upset? Well, this person said things about me. No, we what we hate in others we is what we hate in ourselves. So that person is just a mirror manifestation of our own inner, inner peace. So you go, oh, that person's trying to start something. That person's trying. To, well, isn't it me? Didn't I come in here? Didn't I bump the guy first? Didn't I? So largely, it was you. Most times when you're um, not bothering others, no one's bothering you. But it's when you have you do something and they go, I'm the victim now. You're attacking me. And then, you, you know, you try to start a fight. Yeah. It's interesting because I think in the United States, especially in California, we, we have a unique relationship as a state to, to Aikido. And especially Aikido in the 60s and 70s with a certain brand, with a certain interpretation of what the philosophy of Aikido meant. And I think that that's where a lot of people get hung up is on, um, you know, I'm I'm not adept enough to translate Osensei wrote from the original, but it seems to me that that um, there there was a movement in the United States about certain political things um, about peace and and the Aikido philosophy. People found in it what they wanted to find in it. Um, to co to coincide and and bolster their own political practice. And so, I mean, right, was, so are you saying from the '60s, the hippie era is like peace, love, and harmony? No, man. I do. I actually, <laughs> I, I mean, it's not to rip on them. I, no. I, I'm just saying, like, I think that Aikido was a very was was there at the right time for the right for certain people as a as a practice that allowed people to do martial arts and feel a certain way about it. But the inheritance that we have from that experience is now this. This what I think is coming out here, which is this false conflict that the conflict isn't really there, but because of the way we as on um, you know Californians and Westerners take our own idea of, of pacifism and violence versus nonviolence, and then layer that over uh, Osensei's writings or other Aikido writings and come up with an interpretation, which is this idea that you have to be a complete pacifist, um, and then then you know. How are you going to learn martial arts techniques if you have, like, if you can't do an arimi at all? If you're never going to do arimi, and I know that there's some schools that don't do arimi nage as a technique anymore. Um, yeah, and but that's the hard part. Like, there's a school of Aikido that took out ikkyo and iribi nage at the same time, two iribi style techniques, right? Which are both quintessential. Well, you would say it's quintessential, but that person, the teacher, obviously took it out for a reason because they don't believe in that. But that's the hard part. Like maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, John Stevens came to our dojo and then he watched the first class and he said, oh, you guys are so aggressive. And then everyone was like, why did you say that? And I know what he was talking about is because we we did so much eating me movement. Hmm. He was like, oh my gosh, you guys are so aggressive, right? But that's that thing. Like you think because I'm moving in and being aggressive that that is not Aikido. Right. Right. But that's the thing that you don't, it's not Aikido if if it's not Aikido in your heart. So you have to think this, what does the, the art of peace mean? 
So if this person is stabbing my wife and kids, then I can only subdue this person. Well, yeah, you're going to try. But what happens if the if as you're doing kodagashi and you accidentally slit his throat, which can which people used to do? Right, it could happen. Right, you poke him right in the eye and it stabs his brain and kills him. Right, like that might that is that is the sword which cuts all on its own. Right, but if you're trying to cut that person's throat or you're trying to stab them in the eye, that's the aggressiveness, right? But the aggressiveness is violence is everywhere. Any form of resistance at all is violence. Any thought against another person is violence, right? So you have to ask yourself, what is real violence? What is true violence? What is aggressiveness? If you want to be aggressive with someone, that's that's where you have to really kind of f- figure out what the art of peace is. The art of peace, on a, at, at the highest level, the art of, art of peace has nothing to do with killing or not killing, right? As D.T. Suzuki says, it's the sword cuts all on its own, right? But it has to do with, as what Mike was alluding to, is like this: what's inside of you, the right. inner peace. Did you desire to kill that person? Then that's not peace. But if it happened, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not peace. Right. Yeah, I was thinking when we were talking about a potential title for today's um, podcast, and you were talking about the art of peace versus the art of war, and I'm thinking of you know sort of the very beginning of. Um, um, not Sun Tzu, but Clausewitz, Art of War, who basically basically says that that um, war is the extension of political means through violence. Um, that that might be one way to think about Aikido, which is Aikido um, rejects that attitude that you should resolve um, these types of issues through violence. But as you're saying, um, there's another level, um, which is. Uh, that violence is not off the table, but it's not, it's not, you're not, you're not going into it thinking that violence is the only way to solve the problem. I and mean, I'm kind of going yeah. around in a circle here, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like, what a, what Ayuti is saying is like, it's hard for me in the, in the, as a beginner to reconcile me having to go through someone's body space because that feels too aggressive, um, because that violates what I think the art of peace means and i think we, we've kind of broken down with that i think art of peace means and i think that we've probably broken that down enough to say maybe what you think the art of peace is is actually not what it is um and i i think that when you compare it to you know how western europeans look about the purpose of violence as just another way to solve their problems um that aikido is a more sophisticated way of looking at it. It's not that it's just another way to solve a problem, but um, it, it goes to this level. Um, I mean, there's a reason it's a martial art and not, not just a, a I conflict re- resolution. Or philosophical. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think what you're, what you're talking about is trying to get to this place where, um, you don't have a bad intent. Well, you don't have a bad intent, but there's all these levels of violence. So if I take you down with Ikkyo, but don't kill you, the manner in which I'm taking you down in, in Ikkyo is, could still be considered violence. Well, I, I would say no matter how we do it, there's still an element of violence to there it. There is. The t- technique. So that, that, but that's that thing. Like, oh, well, I live, I live in a peaceful world of not doing anything. Like, you know, and then you're like, oh, 
right? But no, <clears throat> any form of resistance. So if I pull your arm, that's a form of violence, even right. though I'm trying not to hurt you. Right. Hurting you or not hurting you is not not necessarily the uh, peace or not peace, right? So, you know, if you think about Clausewitz's de definition, yeah, violence is a means to an end, right? But how far, how deep, how much, how how violent, how aggressive, how not aggressive? So that's why it comes down to what's in your heart. So if you if that person attacks you, shomenuji, and you move in to do ikkyo, right? You move in with the intent to destroy that person, hurt them, all these different things, that's violence, right? But if you move in just to move in, as DT Suzuki says, you move in all on your own mm. without the feelings of, of desire to hurt that person or not. There's still that moving in, which is considered violent, but it's not as violent. Yeah, because of the intentionality of it. The intention and what's in your heart. Like mm -hmm. someone the other day asked me, if someone came in the dojo and tried to fight you, what would you do? I said, I only do one technique, man. <laughs> Ikkyo yep. irimi. And the only reason why, Ikkyo irimi, because I, I want to know where I am. And if I move in, I'll know right then what my, what my true level is. Mm. right? But like that's the hard part, right? And you go, well, then why don't you do MMA and do... And then to bust out your eco ikkyo there. Well, it's not the same thing. There are rules. You can't just subdue him. They got to make him sub that person submit. You have to do all these things, right? So because there's rules, there's, you know, like it, you ever, you ever watch um, like martial arts videos when they go, they go real full tilt on each other. You know, they're like reaching, they're hitting, they're doing like the most crappiest attacks, yeah. You know, it becomes kind of like this, right? That they're not, it's not even a true attack. So I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story about something like that. So long ago, Furio Sensei used to work at um, Inside Kung Fu Magazine. And he was the, uh, he was a writer there, a book editor, and all these different things. And so he's walking by the, the area which they shoot, were shooting videos. And this famous uh, Screamer teacher was doing uh, a Screamer versus. Uh, sword, a uh, sword or bulkhead, and so he kind of like looked through, and then they all saw him looking. They go, "What do you think?" And, mm, and I think I heard the story. Sensei was like, "Free Sensei was like, oh, it's, it looks fine." And then someone said something like, "What well, do you think you could do better?" And Free Sensei was like, "Oh no, I'm fine. No, I'm just looking at." And he, they said, "Take pick at the bulkhead." Oh, no. And the free sense is like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And then er everybody's kind of like cajoling him into it. Mm -hmm. So he takes off his suit jacket. He goes, do you mind if I warm up a little bit? And the guy's like, go ahead. All arrogant. Sensei just picks up the bouquin, does maybe 10 cuts. And then the guy goes, it's cool. You don't have to do it. And for instance, he's like, it's all right. It won't work. You, you're, you got it. Don't, I don't know. You, you, you would, I couldn't do it on you. Yeah. And then the whole room was like dead silent. And Sensei's like, okay. And then just like walked out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's that thing. Like where... Sensei's cut was so strong and fast, as opposed to the person who was cutting this guy on the video, so weak and slow. When they saw the real cut, the person was like, no thanks. I don't want I'm, any part of this. I don't want any part. So <laughs> how does this tie into the art of peace versus aggressiveness or anything like that? It's that when, what is, what does it mean to be real, right? So that's why I said that someone, when that person asked me, what technique would you do? I said, I'm just going to do Ikkyo Edimi. Because I right. want to see what level I'm, I'm truly at on the inside. Right. Where you could just move in, take the person out, ikkyo, boom, like that. 
or you move in aggressively, anger, heart rate raises, adrenaline's pumping. That's not, that's all Kill. those things are levels of, of violence. <laughs> but can you move in with no change in your inner world? No, right. ra no raise of heart rate, no raise of adrenaline, and do all these things, and then put that person down like nothing. And walk away like and walk nothing. walk away like nothing. Yeah, very <clears throat> hard for most people, I would imagine. Right, because they're, you're, there's all these things that come into play. Emotions. Emotions. Fear. Fear. I don't want to, everybody's watching me. I don't want to look bad. I don't want to do these things. And so you do all these different things, right? So that's the hard part. If you think about this idea of, it's not that aggressiveness is bad. Who Somewhere along the line, aggressiveness got painted with this brush of being bad. And yes, and so you, uh, you shouldn't, you don't need to be aggressive. You must be assertive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that type of, no, it's like aggressiveness is not bad because you have to move in, right? But it's what's in your heart that causes it to be bad, causes it to be violent. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting though because I think people definitely, there is a prepackaged, preconceived notion of what peacefulness means about Aikido that people have before they come to study Aikido. Yeah. The, 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 the world out there sends a message about what Aikido is about. Just like it sends messages about mixed martial arts or what Judo is about or Jiu-Jitsu, people all come in with a little prepackaged booklet yeah. of what we're about. And then they come in and they're like, well, this isn't, this doesn't match my booklet. And then they get all frustrated, especially here, I think, in our dojo, I think that it often doesn't match the booklet. So like, here's a question. If you study the art of peace, Aikido, can you own a gun? Well, you're talking the wrong two guy. Out of, two <laughs> out of three says yeah. So if you ask me, I would say no. Right. Because for me, I, I have a problem with aggressiveness. I have a problem with anger. Right. And so I'm trying my best to not have any anything around which inspires that. Right. Right. And on a certain level, guns inspire that. Yeah. So for the two of you, no. So you ask yourself, uh, was Frizzensee a gun person? Well, that's a good <clears throat> question. Well, here's a story. So years ago, probably, gosh, probably 25 years ago, we used to do all these demonstrations in Little Tokyo. And this, this Aikido, this martial arts teacher would used to come and sit in the front row with cut-off uh, um, gi bottoms, a T-shirt, and this huge straw hat. Huge straw hat. And then we'd be demonstrating the whole time. He'd be saying, he would be, it's fake. It's fake. You know, like screaming under his, it's fake. It's yeah. fake. And then um, they had to ask him to leave because he would be starting so much trouble. So one year, uh, free since he gets his phone call, um, probably like five o'clock or something like that. And the voice on the other end said, I heard you think you're good at, you know, martial arts and I challenge you to a duel. And then Sensei goes, okay. He goes, so I'm going to come by and I'm going to kill you. And Free Sensei said, okay. And then, so Free Sensei is waiting downstairs with two oh. things. Go a pistol ahead. and a sword. A pistol and a sword. Yeah. And I was like, really? Sensei? And he said, since he's like waiting, sitting Seiza at the prescribed hour, uh, sword 
and his uh, 38. Yeah. I know and, that story. And then the person never showed up. And then the next day we had a demonstration and this guy comes up to Sensei and then starts talking to Sensei and Sensei goes, did you call me last night? <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, I, 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 no. I, I was just joking when I called you, you know, just as a joke. Uh, and Sensei's like, I was waiting for you. And they go, oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean it like that. It was a joke. And I was like, yeah, and he was I'm, friends with that martial arts teacher that used to come and and uh, heckle our shows. Yeah, right. But it was kind of funny. But so, you know, Sensei being an Aikido teacher, a high level Aikido teacher, an Aikido teacher who studied under Second Doshu, uh, Koichi Tohei, Mitsunari Kanai, all these famous Aikido teachers. When he was going to duel, he had the short sword. Not, I mean, he had a shorter sword, right? Because you go into you go into battle, you train with a long, long, heavy sword, and you go into battle with a short, light, light sword. It's his sword, and it's thirty-eight. Yeah, right? I remember so, that. I know that story. So, I don't know if you know. Here's an Aikido teacher waiting, waiting to get get crazy, right? He had a gun, you know. So then, but that's this idea. What is aggressiveness? It, I think it's a really good question. Um, I, I don't think it's easy to answer. I think that we've gotten we've gotten a long way towards answering it. I think for me, a lot of it has to do with the prepackaged commercialism about Aikido around the art of peace that's out there in the internet, inter, you know, ether, ether um, so that when new students start, like I, I'll give you an example. I have a really good friend from college. He's married. He works for a big you know, Fortune 500 company. And whenever I go to see him in Northern California, so I see him three or four times a year. And um, he has kids that are like middle school, maybe early high school. And um, every time I see him, he's like, his wife, always his wife, not him. His wife says to me, you know, every time I see you, I always so happy to talk about Aikido because they're very religious. They're Baha'is. And, and they say to me, martial, Aikido is the only martial art if we were to do a martial art that we could do because it's the art of peace. That's literally like a quote sentence. And they say it to me every time I see them. And part of it's probably trying to be polite to find something to talk to me about, to be, you know, nice. But it's it's interesting, given their intellectual and religious background, that they've learned enough about Aikido that in their world they identify us with a certain um, set of beliefs that may or may not be true. Yeah, and that's the hard part. Like the other day, someone I was at a party, and someone was telling some story, and he was like, "Did something?" And you know what, man? I aikidoed him, and he kind of points at me. I aikidoed him, and I was like, "Give him a mom, What the hell does that mean? <laughs> what do you like? Aikidoed him on their face, like, but he was trying to imply that he used passiveness to, as a redirection method to gain what he wanted to do. So that that raises a super interesting question, and, and we haven't done a podcast on it, but I'm sure that Ayudi and other students, including myself and Mike, you know, would love to get your interpretation of, you know, what exactly does that the Aikido, um, the name of Aikido mean in this context? Uh, I mean Aikido? Yeah. Well, I is means uh, two things coming together, meeting. So we call that we we. Reinterpret that as harmony. Yeah, this is this is why I want to talk about it because it seems to me this is exactly where the the public's um, you know marketing of Aikido has a certain interpretation, and the name of Aikido gets talked about and bandied about without Aikido's permission. Right. That you think that I, Aikido in Aikido we use our opponent's force against them 
to come to a mutual resolution where no one See, gets that's, hurt. So that's a super interesting thing you say that, and I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that goes right to Ayudi's question because Arimi feels very much like not using the opponent's force against them. It's the, it's the moment where you are um, able to find the spot where you can anticipate or counter the force um, and it's, it doesn't feel like blending. Because blending is an yeah. element of Aikido, which is a lot of martial arts don't have. But Irimi, as you said, it's a, it's a sword technique, um, and it's it's very very aggressive. But how does that jive with what? Because I think this the name of Aikido gets riffed on by people who are not Aikidoists. Right. So I I the character I is meat. Yeah. Right. So in order for two things to meet, in order to meet, two things must come together. Yeah. Key energy. Do means way, right? So the way of meeting energy, right? And all these different things. And so, but that's the hard part. Like, let's say we did Irimi and we did Yakuhamni Tenkan Kokiho and we we, we came over the top and we Irimi'd in and we threw the person down. Right. Okay, but let's say throwing the person down is too aggressive. So instead, I, I go to throw them and then I hold them. Mm. Right, I think that's less. That's that's better, right? If the person became afraid at all, that's violence, mm. right? If the person is starting something with you in the bar, but they're still afraid of you, that's violence. So see how like it's really hard to reconcile this idea of violence, aggressiveness. Is it aggressive or assertive? That's assertive. It's just a euphemism for the the passive, nice way to say aggressive. No, I'm not aggressive. I'm just very assertive, <laughs> right? So what's the difference between aggressive and assertive, right? You're still asking for whatever it's, it is. It's you a want. one of degree, really, judgmental yeah. degree. Exactly. For for me, I felt like you were being very aggressive, right. and then you're like, I was just being mildly assertive, right? Right. So <laughs> yeah. for some people, it's just a matter of style. I said, when you're a lawyer, you really, you really see the number line of, you know, yeah. meek to like totalitarian. I mean, there's people that, and, and it's, we call it in the law, the sharp elbowed, the, the really aggressive people are normally New York lawyers and they're called sharp elbowed because no matter what it is they ask for, you know, it's just what the time of day is like, damn it, what time of the day is it? I'm going to kill you. And because they can't, they can't um, like de-escalate even the, the the most simple personal exchanges, um, and maybe that brings up another question, which is: um, is there an is there an emotional or residual effect on one's training or personality if you are too aggressive all the time? Well, but that's the thing. Like if you ask like Joseph Campbell, he says everything anything anyone does can be deemed, you know, ho horrible by another person. Mm. Right. So again, it's this idea coming back to inside of you. If uh, my boss tells me to do this thing and I don't want to do it and I give in, that's being passive. If I do it, but I'm upset, that's passive aggressive. Right. If so, everything, it really comes back to what's inside of you. You just do it. No, you don't. It doesn't raise your blood pressure, your aggressive levels, your adrenaline or anything like that because you just do it. That's where the art of peace is coming from. Mm. And then so you ask yourself, well, why do you use this word peace all the time? Right? So this idea that if no one is getting – you're not beating anyone up when you're in a good place. See, I think some of it comes from and, – and, and maybe you can correct me in this, but 
because I don't know if it's the right word in translation, but does hasn't isn't Osensei attributed to saying things like Aikido is love and things like Well, yeah, but then you also have to there's a few different things you have to really try to figure out. Like Osensei spoke a very archaic form of Japanese. Right? So when I was talking with this Aikido teacher from I think Hawaii, he was telling me the story that during a World War II, he went to um find his family's village in Japan. Mm. And he journeyed by Jeep, found his family, and he could not understand anything that they said. And he wow. spoke Japanese. Their dialect was too- Sounds like Italy. <laughs> too deep. And he was just like, uh, and he was like, as if he didn't speak Japanese at all, right? And that, that there's that thing, right? Like Osensei spoke this really archaic form of Japanese. So he's, there's, there's that. People like Chiba Sensei, who was as Ujideshi said, I, had n- I have no idea what, what he was, he was saying. saying half the time. Yeah. Right. And so then you have people who are non-native speakers of Japanese interpreting Osensei's writings and sayings. Right. So then they might be, you look it up in a dictionary and a westernized dictionary, they just came up with the best word for that. Oh, um, I, uh, yeah, you could call it harmony. Yeah. Right. So then if that's the really hard part when you say Aikido is love, Aikido is this thing. When I was, what I was saying before is that you can't, if you're in a good place, you're not out fighting people. Right. If you're in a good place, you're not butting your way in the door. Those, right. those people that do that are not in a good place. So the art of peace is not so much this thing that you're trying to create peace in the world, but you're trying to create peace inside yourself because you are a microcosm of the universe. Right. So if you're at peace, the world is at peace. Yeah. Right. We only we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. Right. As An- Anias Nin said, right? So that's this idea that if you look at this, what does Osensei mean by this? And you think, well, I shouldn't be so aggressive. Well, for one, people shouldn't really just judge the techniques. They should just do them, master them. And then after you master them, you go, oh, yeah. Right. Here's where here's where the inconsistency, here's, here's where the problem is. I, I'm also very, I'm very aggressive. So I don't look at the Aikido techniques and think, oh, this is too aggressive. Right. So I go, this is not aggressive enough. <laughs> right? I, need I, to dial, I need to dial it up. <laughs> I love a Temi. So, 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 you know, like the other, the other day, Watanabe since his teaching class and I took his class and then I don't look at my, my opponent anymore. And then he, Watanabe since he kind of made a point, like you have to look him, look straight ahead. You got to look him in the eye. Look, got to look straight ahead. He's like, oh, or you get to a certain level and then you don't look, maybe you don't look at them at all. And the reason why I don't look at them is because I developed this thing called that one of the students called dead eye. <laughs> and I did this to kind of like to intimidate my opponent and to where when I look, I look through them and then my face has no expression. But then people would tell me like, I thought you were going to kill me today. And I was like, what? Yeah. When you, you and I trained together, I thought you were going to kill me. And I was like. What are you talking about? Right. Because it, that that look on my face came across very aggressive. Right. Right. But that's the idea that like in the old days you had a temi. In the old days you had body slamming. You had all these different things that they just don't do today because they're deemed too aggressive. Right. But it's not that they're too aggressive. They all have their place. It's just that if you're an aggressiveness junkie, guns inspire that aggressiveness. A temi inspires those, those things. And then we cling on to these things. Because they're because without them we would feel empty inside. I need to have a gun. Not that this is you guys. 
<laughs> I need to have a gun or I feel weak inside. I need to beat people up or I feel weak inside. I need to dominate others or I feel weak inside. If I don't, if Aikido is not effective, then I'm not effective. Right. Then I'm, then I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not tough. And then everybody's going to be, uh, oh my gosh, I'm crying inside. Right. But like, that's the thing. It's, it has nothing to do with the thing on the outside. It's only about the thing on the inside. Yeah. You know, that, and then, so when we think about aggressiveness and is a knife aggressive, it's just an inanimate not, object. Yeah. But put it on the table. It's nothing. It's nothing yeah. more than a pen. But you put it on the table. Oh, oh mm-hmm. no! Mm-hmm. We're all dying. <laughs> it's just like it's inanimate. But then when that person whips it out in class, you go, oh. But you getting a, becoming afraid is a form of violence. Yeah, a violence towards yourself, I would imagine, or something like that. But then, how do you defend yourself if you don't have aggressiveness? There's no self to defend. So you don't need aggressiveness. But you think there's a self. You think there's a self. There is no self. We do not exist. Honrai mu ichimotsu. In the beginning there was nothing. Now there is nothing. In the future there will be nothing. Yeah. But then we think there's there's something. There's something to to defend. There is no self. Right? And then that's where, that's where I said, like, you want to be able to just move forward. And if you can move forward with nothing attached to it, that's what you're trying to get to. Right. But that's a very high level. It's a very hard, yeah, because hard position to, to get to. You have to get rid of all your BS. Yeah. Oh, my effective. Oh, is this thing. I'm afraid of this guy. He's really tall. All these different things that you're going to come up with. Yeah. And then shed all those things and then just move forward. And then the sword cuts all on its own. Yeah. So the answer is you better just practice it. <laughs> so do you do you think that um I know that like oh sensei made a, a second doshu study um classical swordsmanship as part of his training and and uh for sensei certainly encouraged as, as many of his students to to do yaido do you think that that uh at least in our context in our school that that studying classical swordsmanship helps um interpret the Arimi? Or that experience, or I mean, what do? Why do you think we still do it? Well, we still do it because they say that swordsmanship is the fastest way to become good at Aikido, right? Because you, for one, you learn how to strike things, you learn the footwork, you learn the balance. Can you do? Can you get good at Aikido without swordsmanship, or without prior martial arts exp- um, experience? experience? I don't really know. <sighs> It's really hard to say. I studied boxing a lot before I started doing Aikido. So I already knew how to kind of punch somebody. Right. If this person doesn't know how to use a sword, doesn't know how to use, doesn't know how to punch people, how are you going to move in on them? And right. So you're trying to, you're trying to move in on them because there's supposed to be this idea of mutual death, Ayuchi. Right. And then there's this idea of mutual missing, right? As Watanabe Sensei talks about. And then Aikido is about this mutual missing thing. And that when you when that person you get that person to miss you, you move in and take control. So I'm not really sure what we can say is like you know how do you reconcile this thing or that thing because we don't should you use weapons? I really don't know. You know should you do cutting in 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 in, in you know batojutsu in yaido? It's really hard to say. Fru Sensei himself was studied kendo for like 20 years. He's a third or fourth degree black belt in kendo. 
six degree black belt in Yaido, expert with the sword, right? But his Aikido, see, like Watanabe says, he has this thing where he throws and then he hits this ledge and then he moves his body forward and then it carries you forward. And it's such a trip to feel. It's like he he cuts and then your body and then your body kind of falls onto this ledge, this like energetic ledge. He cuts, your body fall, falls on this ledge and then he moves forward and flings you forward, right? Like only what, 25 years in did I, I pick that up and he's had that for decades. And the way I picked it up is that one day it was just me and Watanabe Sensei and one other student. And the other student was like super out of shape. So Ken and I just took turns training with this person. And then, of course, there was times when Watanabe Sitsun and I worked together. Right. And then I got to feel it. And then I th I tried to recreate the technique on him. And he goes, whoa, man. That was the first time I felt that way since Furu Sensei died. Mm, and I was like, oh, cool. But it took me that long because he, he has this ability to project his throws way out there. Right? And then, like, there's this weird ledge that he throws you out there and your body, like, spinning in space. And then he just goes, like, boom. And then you fly off, fly forward. But see, like, that's the thing. Can you learn that without swordsmanship? I, I don't know. Did Watanabe Sensei, he already had it. He's had it since, like, you know, the 90s. Right. When he, when he cuts. You know, and, like, in the old days when we did, like, Tenkan Kokiho or those types of things, or we were supposed to fling the person like, you know, you turn the corner, slide and turn, step back, and then you slide forward and cut. You're supposed to up, upheave their body with your lower body as you move in eating me, and then whip their whole body forward so mm. that they fly off into space and then fall down. Wow. But, but we don't do that anymore because it's too aggressive. Right. But you have to learn how to move a body in space, you know. So should you be aggressive and do those things? I don't really know. I mean, I, I have a question for you, and maybe this is one way that it gets resolved. But, you know, thinking about today's topic, I was wondering that isn't maybe the, the component uh, or maybe it's an element of the piece is that when, when, the, when the, the thrower, the nage is doing the technique, whatever it is, and it does an Arimi style technique, that a lot of learning reconciliation or um, collaboration or harmony uh, is is on the uke like the uke is developing all these skills where they're able to feel the throw and develop very good ukemi because we spend like a lot of time in our school t trying to develop good ukemi skills and i mean i would say like at least half the time that i hear you making corrections in class they're corrections in ukemi as much as you're making corrections in the technique i mean that's true you know i don't want people to get hurt but that, yeah, you have to learn that taking ukemi is an art in itself. And on one level, when you're learning how to be a good uke, you're learning how to be aggressive because you have to learn how to strike and you have to learn how to grab properly. Right. And then you got to learn how to fall properly. And then Watanabe Sensei said something really interesting yesterday in class. He said that by taking the proper ukemi, you lessen the, the nage's uh, de decision-making ideas, right? So if you take ukemi in a certain way, they can only throw you in a certain way. Mm, interesting. But if you take a crazy ukemi, then they that opens up the, the options for them. So snap, you, crackle, and pop. So you take the you take a certain ukemi to dictate the throw. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. That is true. 
Like if you fall this way, then the person has to do this. Because right. it's always an if, then, then that. If the person does this, then you do that. If the person does this, you do that. Right. You know, largely when you do Aikido, it's choreographed. All martial arts is choreographed. And so this that and then so that that's a different thing. Is like you know, this idea of being, it being contrived is that this person attacks a certain way and is going to take Okami a certain way, and then you're going to throw them a certain way. So see how there's no real aggressiveness in there because they're going to attack you in a certain way, they're going to fall in a certain way, and you're going to throw them a certain way. Right. So really, that aggressiveness exists inside of you. But and because the the movements are contrived. They're contrived to teach you how to move and when given the situation, but also how to move in a way in which you're calm. So I was, and the, the thought that popped into my mind as you were saying that was like free technique though. Like when you're doing a class where you maybe the last five minutes of class, you're like, okay, you can do any technique you want from this attack. Now, the, now in a sense that that gets a little bit closer to a non-contrived arrangement but it seems no, it's still contrived. No, 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 I wasn't going to say it wasn't, but I was going to say that it's a little bit less, but the burden becomes a little bit more on the uke to be able to anticipate and blend in a um, a more harmonious way because they don't know what they don't know what the technique is that's coming. Well, they don't know the technique is coming because they're just along for the ride. Right. But a good uke will dictate the technique by how they take the ukemi. Hmm. They, they drop here, that necessitates you do this. They stand up here, that necessitates you do that. Right. Not just I'm, you're, you're grabbing onto the sleeve and you're along for the ride. That's why it's still, it's still contrived. Now, if I say do whatever you want to do, take whatever ukem you want to take, then that's where it becomes less contrived because then that person stands up, if they want to sits down, does all these things, then you have to compensate for that. Right, you have to adjust. Right, but then the Jewness, the freeness of it is really, again, within yourself. Because your mind isn't contrived, isn't in a contrived setting. Where I am going to do ikkyo. Why do you think people, when they do jiuwaza or free technique, often uh, freeze? Because they're they're thinking. You cannot do jiuwaza while you're thinking. Your thinking mind is slower than your, your analytical mind is slower than your your subconscious mind, right? So when your subconscious mind is moving, it can move a lot faster and do a lot more than your analytical thinking mind conscious mind where it can only think for it can only think very slowly so when they stop their 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 body is stopping so their mind can catch up one two three uh and that's the thing it's like if you say uh or um uh japanese researchers think that when we say uh or um is to allow our minds uh to catch up to what we're saying interesting it's very interesting right so when this when in jiwaza when the person stops they're trying to catch up. They're trying to catch up. Their mind is trying to catch up. I will do Ikyo next. I will right. do Sanke next. I do. And that's where you're trying to create that spontaneity. Right. Where you just, it flows right through. And then you can only create that spontaneity when you've been working, doing this one attack so long. Right. That you just move into the, the next throw. But that's really hard to do. And then, and if you ever, if you ever watch a lot of, a lot of uh, Aikidoists when they do a demonstration, the demonstration is always the same. Same technique comes next. Same thing. I mean, the person who's doing the demonstration always does the same demonstration yeah. mm -hmm. because they just memorize it and then they just do that one. As opposed to like real free flow, yeah, where the uke comes in, gives them an attack, and they're like, "Oh, I'll do um, the arm bar, or I'll do some, or do a throw." Right. Interesting. But like that's where you like when I was a student, 
we used to, have to do a lot of demonstrations and every year i would choose a different attack yeah and then i only worked on that one whole attack for the whole year and the next year i changed to a different attack because i began and when i started out doing demonstrations i just did swariwaza swariwaza ikkyo through yonkyo Minage mm-hmm. kodagaishi that's it but i did that because i didn't want to demonstrate and i was nervous and that was the easiest it was contained most contained thing to do but then I just became good at it, and then they always made me do it. And then at a certain point, I started to change, and then I started. Yeah. I would just go to the demonstration cold, and I would say, "What attacks are? What's an attack that's not being done?" And they would say, "This attack's not being done." I go, oh, "I'm gonna do that one." Mm, interesting. As a as a test to test right. my ability level, but you know, get you know, getting back to this idea of aggressiveness, right? So aggressiveness is really about this idea of what's inside of you. You know, are you are you aggressive? Can you? Can you look at things and not be aggressive? Taking for yourself is a form of aggressiveness. I'm gonna the food gets presented, I just start eating. That's a form of aggressiveness because yeah. you're in the way for others. Yeah. Right? Pushing your way to the front, whether for whatever reason, assertive or aggressive, based on your interpretation, <laughs> is still aggressive. Right. So yeah. it's not, but you know, students shouldn't think of things in terms of aggressiveness, non-aggressive passiveness following the following the philosophies of osensei because they're not at that level yeah we must follow the trajectory of osensei's training which is physical first taiku right and then you move on to you know um, mental training spiritual training and all that type of stuff yeah and that's i think that's hard though when you get like we what we're seeing now in aikido we're certainly seeing in our dojo which is when you get a student who comes in in their 30s or their 40s or even their 50s who are very well trained in their job, they're analytical, um, and they're not necessarily ready to start at the very bottom of the physical ladder. So that, you know, maybe they take some classes for a few weeks and they start generating intellectual questions about their training. And it's almost inevitable, it seems like, in our system of thought that that gets generated that way, that people always want to ask significant questions pretty, pretty early on in their training. Yeah. And that, but that's again that intellectualization of things. I read, you know, all of Osensei's books, and then now Osensei's, you know, Osensei's talking about peace and love and all these things. But I don't really like peace and love. Well, I guess I can't do Aikido. Right. No, like I used to joke all the time. You think that just because I start, I study the art of peace, that I can't start some stuff? <laughs> right. No, like yeah, it's just like you could totally, oh. you could totally use. There almost every technique in Aikido. There's a there's a way you could kill somebody with it, yeah, or ma- or maim them in a way in which you can set them up to be killed, yeah. But we don't talk about those things because those things are fleeting and empty. If I taught you just how to beat people up, you would never leave that. Right, it'd be too much fun going to biker bars and just throttling all these people, but you would never develop as a human being. Right. So Onsensei puts it out there and dangles this carrot about the art of peace. And that's for you to study. What does he mean by peace, harmony, love? I don't. What does that even mean? And then yeah. it's it's right for Ayuri to ask this question because then it helps her reconcile what aggressiveness means to her. Right. Maybe it's it's not so much aggressiveness as that. Perhaps you know you could look at it from this idea of I don't want to hurt this person. I'm not good enough to hurt this person. I'm afraid of retaliation if I hurt this person and all these different things. And so when you kind of go through each one of those things, you realize it's not that person at all. It's me. And the aggressiveness is not what I do. It's what I conjure up in my mind as if I, if I'm aggressive with this person, 
they'll beat me up. If I'm aggressive with the person, I'll hurt them. If I'm aggressive, you know, like all these things that come up and you can just train. Right. So, I mean, we've, we've gotten pretty deep into this idea of um, that maybe this idea of aggression, the way it's thought of initially is a little bit illusory. Um, and I think you've broken it down really well talking about how um, this concept of peace is, is very much centered in the individual's psyche. Um, is there is there anything that you know I, any one of us want to to kind of say in terms of again I always I always like to come back to the practical. Is there is there anything other than train 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 that we could impart to a UD or any other student at another school who's listening to this and saying aha yeah I feel the same way I've got this conflict and I want to I want to address it in my training. For me. We have to believe that Aikido is a complete martial art, right? It can destroy people. It can save people. It can do all these different things. So the, this idea that what is what is real aggressiveness? If I have to push you off the cliff because you're about to shoot my kids, is that wrong? Is that right? Right. You know, you have to think about what is what is true aggressiveness. And then did I want to push you off the cliff? That's aggressive. Right. That's violence. But I did it because there was no other choice. The act was violent. The act was aggressive. But inside of me was not. There were, I felt like there was no other choice. Right. So aggressiveness, this idea is open to interpretation. But eating me, as the question they asked, eating me is what balances out the passivity of the other techniques. Right. Right. Moving in. It is the barometer by which you're judged internally if it really is aggressive or not. If you can move forward. And knock that person over with no malice in your heart, no raise in blood pressure, no raise in adrenaline levels. Is that violence? Right. Does the sword cut all on its own? Right. So that's where I think about this idea of aggressiveness and non-aggressiveness. Mike, did you have anything else you want to say? Well, I, I deal with my own issues with aggressiveness as well. But for for me, I, 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 I there's two sides of the coin. There's times where, you know, I get a little, you know, up, up, you know, fired up about things and I can feel that, that aggressiveness coming out. And, but there are times where, you know, something happens and you just kind of react with a non-judgmental thing. And then I go, oh, wow, that really worked. It's almost as if uh, anger or aggressiveness is almost counterintuitive to the movement. And I think that's where it's important that we do the training to get past that threshold of emotion emotion yeah. and maybe just the the fact that we moved in without this thing in our heart where we realize you know what we can move and do these things and not need aggressiveness it's the act of the movement and the timing and the blending and it was like oh i didn't i didn't wow that guy just fell without that stuff in your heart yeah because the aggr the aggressiveness is almost like short circuits the technique. Yeah. Because you want it. You, I want this <laughs> rather than just movement and talk. Oh, it just it just happened. Yeah, I think both of you are very are saying very similar things. Mm. And um, you know, I hope Ayudi can take some some of the things that we've said today and and help that in her training and other people get similar benefit from today's talk. I I know I learned a lot today. Um, and uh, I want to thank both of you for helping me in my training. Cool. 
So thanks for watching or listening to this podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you.